What is up, guys? It is the Blue Bloods here, back with another exclusive interview right here on, on our YouTube channel. And of course, man, we we have went through almost the entire Jacksonville State roster. We had to get this guy on. Our guy PJ Wells said he is the toughest DB that he has faced in his career thus far. We had to get our guy Marco Baker, the next future great DB out of Jacksonville State. So, Marco, appreciate you joining me. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, man. I appreciate the invite for real. Absolutely. So the first question off the bat, I got to get it. We had PJ Wells on here. We asked him out of all the great Jacksonville State DBs he's faced, who's the toughest? He said you were the toughest. So for you on the flip side, who's the toughest Jacksonville State wide receiver that you've ever had to face in your career thus far? Uh, out of that receiving court, we got Jacksonville State because, you know, we got a lot of good receivers. PJ, he's one of the top guys. I say PJ, and uh, you know we had we had one of our receivers get injured, Dave Russell. So I say PJ and Dave and Ahmad. Those those are my top three. Cause oh, you know PJ, yeah. he's long, he's physical, and then with Ahmad, he's shifty, he's quick, and then Dave, he got kind of got he kind of got like both of like the attributes that I just listed. So those top three oh. are the hardest shoes I go against on a daily basis. Oh, man, I like it. I like it. But let's shift to your recruitment, man. Going back out of high school, coming out of, you know, small small town, Mississippi. And for you, playing wide receiver, who was on you the hardest? And were you solely recruited as a wide receiver? Or were a lot of schools asking you to switch to defensive back like you ultimately did at Jacksonville State? Um, coming out of high school, uh, just a little backstory. My junior year, I only had one offer, and that was from Hines Community College. That's a community college uh, down the street. And when we, they were uh, they were recruiting me to play safety. And then after my senior year, that's when, like, my recruitment started to open up. I had got uh, I had got offers from Jackson State, Mississippi Valley, East Mississippi, Colin, um, Hines, like I stated. And uh, that's, pretty about, that's pretty much about it. And um, out of all those – Jackson State wanted me to play receiver. Mississippi Valley wanted me to play receiver. Um, the only people that really wanted me to play deep, uh, defense was Hines and Jacksonville State. Oh, and I have, and I had an offer from UCA and Austin P. But they wanted me to play receiver. And so what was really big to me on my recruiting process was my coach. My, uh, I was getting recruited by a coach on Kilgore. And I remember uh, he had hit me up in the DMs. He basically said, you know, they're going to offer me. And I, I didn't have a clue what Jacksonville State was. And, um, I remember, like, in about a week or two, he, because, you know, from Mississippi to Jacksonville, it's like a five-hour drive. He had drove down here by himself, you know what I'm saying? I, and I think it was raining this day, too. So he came down, he talked to me, and I was just like, I was just like, I like him. Like, I like the coach. Like, I like him as a person. I like him as a coach just based off how he presented himself. And so I remember just thinking, like, a lot of people going to question why I'm choosing to go to Jacksonville State to play DB when my whole life was on offense. And so my son today, you know, I had one of my official visits down there. I loved it. And um, like I said, the way Coach Kilgore presented it, how he was going to teach me how to play DB, I just fell in love instantly. And so after the visit, I knew I was going there. And so I committed, like, right after the visit. And I remember people asking me, they're like, you going to Jacksonville State play DB? I was like, yeah. And they're like, why? I was like, I don't know. It's just something different. Like, I feel like, I feel like Coach, well, basically Coach Kilgore seen something I didn't see myself yet. So looking back on it, I think I made the right choice. Absolutely, absolutely, man. So for you, what were what were the t- what were the biggest or toughest challenges you faced in switching positions? And on the flip side, do you think playing wide receiver for so long helps you be a better defensive back? Uh, I feel like I feel like the hardest 
challenge I faced was just like understanding the fundamentals and how to play defense. Um, coming in, I came in, you know, it was uh, it was like it was three corners. It was me, Mark Jemison, and Yasmin Green, and like we like we clicked like this one. And so I remember just those first few like those those first few months down there, me, him, and uh, Yasmin, we were just down there working, trying to get the fundamentals out because like both of us, we all we all play receiver in high school, so. We want, like, we're all understanding what we're going through, like, trying to make a transition. And so I say the hardest thing was just getting the fundamentals to full work and, like, comprehending what it's like to be, like, a deep, like, being on the defensive side of the ball. Because, like, on offense, you're just trying to score. Whereas when we on defense, it's a whole different ball game. You're trying to, and then, especially if you on defense, uh, near DB, trying to not let this guy catch the ball. So you're trying to go through progressions and realize, like, hey, basically just stop him from catching the ball. So it's, I feel like the biggest challenge was shifting mindsets for real. From offensive defense. Oh and, man, I like. Uh, oh, what was your question? What was the question after that? Oh, d- did playing wide receiver for so long help you become a better defensive back? Uh, I feel like making the transition from receiver to DB. I feel like it helped me like knowing like what a receiver's trying to get me to do. You know what I'm saying? Like if he goes one, if he goes one way, he comes back. And, like I'm like I'm preparing for it because I know what it's like to be a receiver, and I feel like I know what it's like to try and get open. So I feel like I know what to expect at times, you know, not all the time, but sometimes. Right. And I mean, this year, man, it was a tough year for Jacksonville State. A mid-season head coaching change, bringing in Rich Rodriguez at the end of the season. But just for you as a player, can you speak on how tough this coaching change was on you personally and as the team as a whole midway through the season? Uh, Personally, um. Cause, you know, like you said, the season didn't go how we wanted to go, obviously. And you know, with that being said, we're gonna look back, we're gonna reflect, and we're gonna get better coming into the uh, season next fall, fall 22. But with the coaching change that was going on, you know, it was unexpected. You know, um, you know, we came in, found out about Coach Bros, and you know, everybody was just like, like we were shook, we we're about to, you know what I'm saying? And then you, you remember Coach Sherman? He was the interim head coach for the last two games. And so he really wanted us to, he really wanted us to emphasize and finish the season strong. And so that's what we did. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we got the win. I can't remember who we played the second to last game. I can't remember. But we played them. We got the win. It was EKU. You know, we fought hard. You know, we did. We did, the outcome wasn't what we wanted. But at the end of the day, we know we fought and gave everything we had. So I feel like just doing the coaching change, we just knew we had to finish the season. We had to finish where we started and finish, like, not just give up, you know, mostly. You would think most of the guys after the coaching change was going on, you would have people not going to wait, not going to practice, but you had guys still buying in, still like committed to the football team. And that's what I really like to see. And you know, once we got on the EKU game, it was a lot of uncertainty on the team, a lot of uncertainty just down there. And so we were just keeping an open mind to anything. This like as a team, like we were just keeping an open mind to anything that could happen. Cause you know, we didn't know anything. Like we know what's gonna happen. Like we we're just waiting to find out the news. So then once we found out about Richard Rodriguez, um, you know, it was a lot of positivity, like a lot of positive feedback. Everybody was happy. Everybody was like, oh, like, that's major. Like, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, he came in, talked to us, he introduced himself, and I feel like everybody, like, bought into what he was saying. And as far as the coaching staff goes, uh, I haven't met everybody in the coaching staff, but uh, I've met, I know I've met Coach Rodriguez, uh, the running backs coach. And, you know, just based off talking to the running backs coach, um, I feel like it's going to be a change. It's going to be a different outcome 
coming into the fall of 22. I feel like the shift and the focus and the mindset is going to change and prepare us to elevate to the level that we need to be at to succeed. So I'm excited. Oh, yeah, man. I, I think a lot of people are going to be sleeping on Jacksonville State going into the next year. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity to shock the world. And speaking of shocking the world, man, you know we had to bring this game up when you came on the show. How, walk me through that Florida State win, your emotions, and how big it was for you guys as a program. Uh, you know, going to that, uh, going to that game, you know what I'm saying? It was a very hostile environment. Uh, I remember it was like raining pregame. And then, like, we go out, the stage's like full, they talking noise, the fans talking noise. And, you know, we going into the game, we just like, because, you know, last year we, we came close, we just came up short. So we like, we can beat them, like, we know. So going into this game, we just knew, like, we got to bounce back from UAB because, you know, we had a, we had a loss the previous week. So we just like, we got to beat, like, we got to beat these guys. Like, they beatable. You know, at the end of the day, it's football. Regardless of what the program, who, who you playing is football. So going to the game, everybody locked in. We all had one, like, we all locked in, focused on one accord. And so I feel like going to the game, it started off, it started off, it started off good. Like, I think we had got, we got him off the field. I can't remember exactly how the game was going, but it was like everybody had belief that we can win. And so I remember coming out of halftime, I think the score was 3 to 14 or something like that. And just like, or 7, 7 to 14, something like that. I just remember everybody in the locker room like saying like we get like we can do this like we gotta lock in like we just gotta minimize minimize the mistakes that we're making and just play ball and so I just remember like in the last play you know we had got a big fourth down stop and it was like fourth and two um so that was big and then we had got that stop on the goal line when they were like from the score like they were on the brink of scoring I remember uh, linebacker Tay Tuller he made one heck of a play and it just turned us up and offense had to go score. So I remember just from, like I, can't, I think we're like on the fifty, like we're middle field, and I was just like everybody's like holding their breath, just watching. He threw the ball, good catch by DJ, and everybody's like. At first I was looking at the clock. First I was looking at the clock, and then when I seen him hit zero, I said he got a score. Because at first I'm like get out, get out, get out. Then I seen him, and then he cut back, and I was like no way. And then it's like when he scored, it's like all the life in the stadium, like they just left because like everybody was shook, like they were talking noise. I thought the game was over. And everybody, like, everybody on our sideline, we were just like, like, we were like, bro, it's going to take a miracle. You know, good pass by Coop, great catch by DJ. And then once he scored, it was crazy. We just, it felt, felt crazy, man. You know, we were trending on Twitter. The fans were going crazy. They were already posting. It was just, it was a good moment for the uh, state, uh, for the program. And I feel like that win really just, it solidified us, uh, like, our program in history. Because, like, that's a moment nobody's ever going to forget. And we just going to. Although we want to look back on the wins and the losses that we took in 2021, we just going to know, like, we got potential, basically, you know, going to the fall of 2022. Like, we got potential. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's a big FBS win. And speaking of that, Jacksonville State on the move to FBS in the coming years. What are your thoughts on that, and how excited are you to move up to that next level? Uh, I'm excited for the talent, but at the same time, we're really – Excited for the exposure that the team is going to get. Because, you know, making the transition from FCS to FBS is major. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's a difference in, like, the competition, FCS and FBS. But at the same time, like I said, it's football. And so making that transition from FCS to FBS is going to be a challenge. But at the same time, it's going to take it's gonna take everybody, all the guys on the roster, we're going to have to lock in and challenge ourselves to get better. And like really truly elevate. And I feel like it's just basically it's gonna take a lot of self-reflection. We're gonna look in the mirror, see what we got, what we did wrong in the past. We're ready to fix that so we can be 
success in the future, you know. Absolutely. And one of the things that I've noticed a trend at Jacksonville State is freshman, sophomore, young players making an impact early. We saw Nicario make an impact his freshman and sophomore year. PJ this year is a freshman. You starting both both freshman years because the spring you also started as a freshman. I mean, the tight end this year, all American freshmen. What is the key at Jacksonville State? How are the young guys so ready to play so early and often? Um, you know, coming in, like, they come in hungry. Well, we come in hungry. We come in, like, determined, like, coming in, coming in, we, we don't have a mindset of laying down and waiting. Our, like, yes, you want to wait your turn because, you know, like, you have a lot of people that come in, not speaking like exactly what say, but just in general, you have a lot of people that come in when they don't get the successes they want instantly. Like, the energy, instead of, instead of turning the energy and using it as fuel, they turn into negativity and they just be pessimistic whereas when we come in we're determined we're hungry to be successful and at the end of the day we know like when coach garcia coach he always said you never know when your numbers call and so you just got to prepare yourself to be in a successful position when the time comes so when they come in when we come in we're hungry we're determined and we know what we want like we know what we want out of ourselves and you know after practice you would catch like you said pj wells you would catch pj wells out there running around on air with uh coop getting timing down catching down you know what i'm saying you'll have me jamar yasmin Dico. we'll be out pressing we out there trying to uh perfect our craft you know what i'm saying and i feel like it's really us taking that extra set one that extra mile doing the things that not seen you know like we'll say like i said we'll stay after practice i mean at one point at you know, one point, me and PJ, we're just doing releases. I'll just do a release. I want to run with him. We're just doing releases, trying to get each other better. He put me on game. He's like, Marco, you doing this, you doing that. I'll be like, all right, PJ, you doing this, you doing that. And so it's like, it's it's a selfless type of team, like freshman that we got, because we just want to be better. Like, we all want to win. We all want to be successful. So I feel like we aren't, like, iron sharp and iron. And so I feel like, like you said, at practice, me and PJ, we're going, we going at it. You know what I'm saying? We don't take practice lightly. Whenever he lined up against me and I line up against him, we know we're going to get the best of each other. And so I feel like that's what prepared us to be successful this season. Absolutely. And, I mean, kind of building off of that, the the one thing you notice on social media, if you pay close attention, especially as someone who covers the FCS, is that Jacksonville State players are closer than a lot of other teams. I mean, even the players who transfer, like a Jacquez, Peyton, a, da- a Darius Joyner, all these guys, you guys are always retweeting each other, giving each other praise on social media, always staying connected. Can you kind of speak on what the culture is like around the locker room and inside the program? How are you guys so close? And even when you guys go your separate ways, you guys still stay in touch and seem to really support each other. Uh, I feel like um, it's really the connections and the bonds and the memories you make. Because, like, I remember, like I said, coming in, uh, you said Jack was Payton. Coming in, I remember going to the corner room, you know what I'm saying? I was nervous. I I didn't have the confidence that I needed, and, uh, you know, going into it. I remember him, he just telling me, like, hey, man, like, you got to realize what you got. Like, you like you want, you got abilities that you can use. And I just remember when I was down to myself, he picked me up. Darius Joyner, uh, he, I feel like he believed in me before anybody else did. Because, like, uh, you know how I said, staying after practice. Like, this is, this is my, like, true freshman year. Like, fall 2020. Yeah, fall 2020 going in. No, fall 2021. So going into it, I just remember, like, I didn't have the confidence that I needed. And, like, he was basically, like, he slowed the game down. He slowed it down. He sat me down and talked to me. He was like, Marco, look, like, it ain't hard. You do this, you do that, like, just patience. And he emphasized, like, 
he emphasized how simple the game was. Like, football is simple, but we sometimes we as players make it complex. And, like, uh, you know, when we have away games, we'll bring our uh, – sometimes we bring our game system and we play the game. I feel like those are bonding moments, you know what I'm saying? I'll be playing against Bug. I'll be playing with uh, Darius Jordan. Like, you know, I feel like we built connections that will last forever. And, you know, although they're not with our program anymore, we still – I feel like we as brothers, we as teammates, we're nothing but the best for them. Like, you got guys on the team, yeah, we keep up with them. Like, yeah, we hate to see them leave, but we not we don't wish on him. Like, personally, I don't wish on him downfall. I want him to be successful. But I want him to be great. Darius, I want him to be great. Demise Presley, I want him to be, like, I want him to be successful. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's, whether it's at Jacksonville State, Prairie View, Alabama State, Western Illinois, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like, you know, it's just a brotherhood that's built through activities that, that we did together, you know? So it ain't no bad blood, you feel me? Oh, man, no. I love to see it. And I've I've talked to people off camera about it. And I I think it's – you guys might be one of the tightest teams that I think I've seen at any level of football that I've covered just in terms of engagement, interaction, and – things like that but man to get to to get to know you a bit better as well, how you see yourself as a DB what NFL defensive back do you model your game after the most uh i would say just based on like how I'm built and my attributes i say i model my game after two corners Jalen Ramsey and JC Horn cuz i like JC Horn's physicality and how physical he is as a DB and the same with Jalen Ramsey you know what i'm saying i, I just watch their highlights cuz like at time you're going to find, like, when I'm, at, when I'm in my dorm room, I'm chilling with Jamari. That's my roommate. We be chilling. We be watching DB highlights. We be watching uh, Jalen Ramsey, JC Horn, um, AJ Terrell. You know, we just be watching various DBs to get, skill, not skills, but, like, techniques that they're using and apply it to our game. So I just feel like just out of those DBs I can think of, those two just stick out to me because just based off the similarities that we have. Oh man! Anything you can model after Jalen Ramsey—that's, I mean, that that guy's on a whole different planet in terms of defensive back skills. In terms, yeah. like you said, speed, physicality, just the the mindset of a DB. But man, looking at a wide receiver matchup each week, what is the number one mistake a wide receiver can make against you if you guys are one on one? Personally speaking, uh, I'm a like I said, I'm a physical corner, and I like to get hands on. So I feel like if you let me get my hands on you, like that's when I, I know I got you. Cause like I said, I'm a physical corner and like people like to say I grab, but at the same time, Coach Kilgore used to teach us, if you push, I pull. Cause you know what I'm saying? A lot of times you gonna catch a DB. If a receiver push, like if a receiver push me and I, I just let him push me on pull or nothing, I don't get no resistance. That's an easy catch. Whereas if I put, he push me and I pull, it's a controversial call. Like the ref might call it, he might not. I've been on both ends of the six where the refs called it, he hasn't called it. But just going back and looking back on this year, whenever I got my hands on the receiver, that's when I was most successful. Oh man, I like it. And so, looking at the, you know, I know each player is different. What is your pregame routine, or do you have one? I know some players say they don't like to have a pregame routine. Others do. What is your pregame routine? Uh, usually, what I like to do is. Um, we get on the bus. I put my headphones in. Listen, to my, like I got a, I got a game day playlist. I only listen to on game day. So I put that in. Started playing, and then usually I start to look because I look back at the film, like from, for like previous, like previous times in the game. And I go back and look at what I did wrong, what I did right. And so going into it, I just be going like to myself. Okay, first step. 
technique, eyes, because as a DB, you got to have good technique, good eyes, good feet. Because, you know, wherever your eyes are, that's where your feet going to go. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, going into the locker room, music, looking back, reflecting, and, um, you know, <clears throat> I always like to I always like to thank God before I go out because without him, I wouldn't be here. You know what I'm saying? And I always be like, regardless of the outcome, thanks for letting me be here. And I uh, say, basically, I hope there's no injuries on both sides of the ball. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of what happens, the outcome, no injuries on both sides of the ball. And I like to text my uh, my family. I'd be like, I love y'all before I go out. And this is just this is about it, for real. Oh man, I like it. So I, 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 you play at Jacksonville State. You're a DB. I got a feeling I know the answer to this question because F, we've had Nakario on here. We've had Jacquez on here. Notorious trash talkers. PJ says that you guys let them hear it all practice long. So how big of a trash talker are you during game days? Uh, you know, when it comes to trash talking, I'm like one of those guys that's uh, I don't talk too much unless I have to. You know what I'm saying? Like during the game. Like, I, like, it just, if, in the start of the game, I'm very reserved. Like, I'm playing football. Like, my you know, my goal is not, like, when I'm going out, my goal is not to trash talk. My goal is to make sure you don't catch the ball, you don't do nothing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just do my job. And then, if, I'm, if I feel provoked or I feel like you think you got one on me, then I start talking noise. And then, <sighs> once I get started, it's harder for me to get stopped because it's like, it's in me. But I don't want to bring it out of me unless you, you know, provoke me. And so I feel like I trash talk. I trash talk about 50% of the game. Like the first half, I might not trash talk. But as the game get going, I get warmed up. And yeah, then I start, you know. You know how it goes. <laughs> hey, I, 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 I like it, man. I like it. So I got to ask, and I think I know your answer on this one too. Who is the biggest trash talker on Jacksonville State's defense? Uh, Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Two of them. Nicario, nah, three, three-headed goats. <laughs> Nicario Harper, DJ Coleman, and uh, Markel Ben. No cap. <laughs> but I've got, I've got, I've gotten Nicario every time I've asked someone that. Anyone who's played against him says that dude will be in your ear from the time the ball snaps to the time that clock hits zero. All game, all game. You gotta love it though. You gotta love it. You're passionate about the game. Absolutely. And so you've mentioned the DB room. I mean, let's let's be honest. Of Jacquez, Dar- Darius, Nicario, yourself, all of you guys have had major success. How competitive is practice each day in the DB room? Uh it's it's competitive, man. Cause uh like I said, with Coach Kilgore, when you go in, he wants you to give 110% every day and he can pick up he can pick up you not, but at the same time, he's very uh, trying to look the word. He's very assertive and attentive to like how you feeling like, cause you know some days we'll be beat up. Like I remember one practice, uh, I end up having like a hundred, like I end up having like sixty plus snaps in practice, cause like we're down to like three DBs, you know what I'm saying? And so when the practice we competitive, we don't like losing. None of the DBs are cool with losing. We don't like it, like. We lose, like, at one point, it got to the point to where if I lost a rep, I'll, like, I'll be, like, I'll get mad at myself. I'll be like, man, what? And then, like, like I said, one of my teammates come up, man, Michael, come on, bro, lock in. Like, don't beat yourself up. Just get better. And, like, every time we go out of practice, we're trying to win a rep. We all, I feel like we all, as a, as a uh, cornering, we all got that mindset not to lose. Like, we don't like losing reps. And so we, every time we go out there, we push for perfection, regardless of what we're doing. And if we lacking or we, 
not going 110%, 110%, one of us, one of us gonna call each other out, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna hold each other accountable. So it's very competitive. Oh, I like that. So looking way ahead to 2022, man, what are your personal goals for the 2022 season? All right. Um, going to the 2022 season, personally, because I know, I think, if I'm, if I'm right, I think we can't go, we can't, because we're making that transition from FCS to FBS. So I, I think we can't go to playoffs. So really, my only goal is to be All-American, and do everything I can to make sure the team is successful. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't make no selfish plays. Don't do nothing that can hurt the team in a negative way. So my only goal is for 2022, do my job. And I feel like me just doing my job and being, like, just doing my job, I'll be able to accomplish being All-American. You know what I'm saying? So because I had, I had goals and aspirations for doing it this year, but I just didn't have enough productivity. So going to 2022, I'm hungry to be successful and just improve my game because I wasn't satisfied with what happened in this past season. So, yeah, personal goal is All-American. Oh, man, uh, I like the goal. But these these last few questions to end it up, man, were actually submitted by our members on our YouTube channel. I told them you were coming on, and they had some questions for you themselves. So, first off, this is a common question for all our FCS guys, is do you think the FCS should create a bowl system for the outside of the FCS playoffs for teams who don't make the final 24 teams? Uh, I think so. I think so, because it's like, you know, like I said, it's not that it's a difference between FBS and FCS, but at the same time, it's still football. And I feel like FCS, FCS teams should be granted the same the same um, opportunities that the FBS team is granted. And so, yeah, I feel like I feel like FCS doesn't get enough recognition. And them adding bowl games will help get us more exposure, more film. So, yeah, I think so. Oh, man, I like it. And so, which FCS opponent in the A-Sun are you, are, is your favorite to play USA? Or you get, you know, you get just a little bit more hype for that game? Uh, just based off this year, I would say my favorite opponent only ever played was UCA because like uh I actually have I actually have like a best friend that plays with him he uh tackle with him Justin Larry so going to that game that week he had hit me up was like man good luck bro like man appreciate it all and all you know they got two good receivers on the outside uh mm-hmm. can't think of their name number five and number oh, one yeah Tyler Hudson's number one I know for sure and then the uh, I'm blanking on the other guy's name but Tyler Hudson's the number one yeah, so going to the game, like, I knew they were going to throw the ball. So, like, they're like a pass-heavy team. So, as a DB, you get excited when you know you're going to go against a pass-heavy team because they give you a lot of opportunities to make plays. So, that's my favorite team you see they going against. Who's going against an A-Zone? I like it. And so, if you got to pick, I know you're not the AD, but if you got to pick one FCS team to play outside of the A-Zone before moving to the FBS, who would it be? Uh... Let me think. think. I'll probably say just one of the top teams in FCS because I can't, it's so many of them. Like, you know, like the, all right, the James Madisons, the North Dakota State, the South Dakota, like one of those teams just to see where we match up at. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, they like, they like, they're they're supposed to be like the big dogs of FCS. So just play them to see where we match up with, for real. So, yeah. uh, we played we play St. Houston this year. You know what I'm saying? We started off strong, but then as the game wore on, we got fatigued and stuff. So I feel like we didn't get fatigued and we, like, more in shape going to the game. The outcome would be different. So, yeah, 
And it was like no more team, so. Uh, yeah, no, I, I would love I would love to see that matchup. North Dakota State versus Jacksonville State one last time. I would love to see it. So you guys are moving to the CUSA, man. Is there a team in the conference that you're just like, I cannot wait to to, to play that team? Uh, mm, I don't have a specific team. I'd say it's – I'm just trying to play all of them, honestly, because, you know what I'm saying, just making that transition from SES to FBS, every team we play, they're going to get – they're going to give us – I mean, just like Nashville, they're going to give us the best they got. And it's going to be like a new challenge. It's going to be like fresh. Like, any team we play going into the uh, Conference USA, we ain't played before. So, like, every game every game going to feel like – it's going to feel like Christmas, you know what I'm saying? It's a new team, new tendencies, new players you ain't never interacted with before. So, it's going to be exciting. And then getting, uh, getting a 10th on national television. So, looking forward to it. Man. Looking forward to it. Oh, man, I like it. So the last question here, man, is there what game this season do you wish you could play one more time? You guys were that close or it was such a great matchup. Which game could you, would you want to play one more time? Uh, do I have to just say one? Yeah. Uh, I'll probably say out of all the games we played, the one game I wish we could have back would probably be – um, probably UCA, probably UCA, because like the way the game, the way the game ended versus how it was played throughout the whole game. Because you know, a lot of times the score doesn't show how the game was truly played. You just see a score. I feel like that game we just let slip from us. You know what I'm saying? Just from the mistakes that we made on both sides of the ball. And I just remember like, cause like we win that game. And then we went out, we beat EQ at the end. No, actually, I'll take it back. EKU. EKU. I'll take it back. EKU. And simply because they gave us a double overtime thriller, and we had them up. Like, we were up on them with like a minute or something left in the fourth quarter. We up, and they had to drop the whole field. That's one game I wish we could have back. Just, although we would have made the playoffs, I feel like it would have been a big win for our uh, program in the season off, right? You know what I'm saying? Right, and that, that was one heck of a game, too. I remember watching that game. That was one of probably the best FCS games of the year this season. But, man, Marco, I appreciate you coming on the show, man, giving me some of your time, even though we're in, I know we're in the midst of the holidays. But this is all about promoting the players, supporting the players. So drop your social, drop where any NIL companies can contact you and give any shout-outs, man. This this moment is yours just to plug or say anything you want to say, man. Uh, first of all, I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me, inviting me. You know what I'm saying. And my socials are my name, Marco Baker the second, like M A R C O dot Baker, I I. You know what I'm saying for the second. You know what I'm saying because I'm a junior. So yeah, I appreciate you having me, man, for real. Oh man, a- anytime, anytime you want to come back on, man, you're you're welcome. Just hit me up. We'll definitely be uh, staying in touch, and I'll definitely be rooting you guys on this year. I'm from Alabama, so I got a big soft spot for Jacksonville State. Um, I was there as an Auburn student when Jacksonville State almost ruined my first ever game as a student by almost beating Auburn in overtime. It, it was my first, you know, kind of big exposure. But man, I appreciate you guys. Make sure to go follow uh, Marco on every social media platform. The bigger he gets a social, the better it is for his NIL deals and things like that. And of course, man, make sure to check us out on YouTube and any and all podcast streaming platforms. But guys, for Marco and for the Blue Bloods, we are out for right now. Mm-hmm.